This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000 in Chicago is off this week. Don't worry. He will be back next week as we fully get ready for WrestleMania, which is, again, it's approaching on as fast. It's coming up on our heels. I cannot wait for it. But it's led to some discussion. We know what WrestleMania Night 2 is going to be main evented by. The entire thing clearly going to be main evented by Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But what should be the main event? What should close the show on Night 1? And to me, this is an easy thing, Ryan. And it's not going to, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to end up being it. The tag team match, the, the bloodline has been the biggest thing in WWE in the last two years. It's one of the best storylines they've ever told. Certainly the best story that they've told in the last five years. But it, it deserves to be front and center both nights of WrestleMania. I doubt that's the way they're going. The rumors out there seem to be Charlotte and Rhea main eventing night one for the Raw Women's Championship. But it's got to be the tag match. It's To me, it's Sammy KO versus the Osos. That should be the main event after night one. A hundred percent. I mean, we talked so much about Sammy on this show, and we didn't get the the payoff we all deserved of him being the champion. This is the consolation prize. At least give him the WrestleMania main event. KO got it last year with Stone Cold. You mentioned the best storyline. I'd argue it's almost the only storyline and the only story they're telling in WrestleMania going into it. Number two is probably the Mysterio one at this point. Both women's matches are going to be outstanding with, in the with, ring. With number three, by the way, uh, Chelsea Green asking for a manager. Of that's, course, yes. That's, that's yes. the third. Without a doubt, that is the third most continuous storyline they have going on in right. WWE. And that's, I mean, by the Adam, way, I'm not, I'm not knocking Chelsea. I love it. I love yeah. the gimmick. I love every second of it. And that's the thing. Adam Pierce for Chelsea Green at Mania would be a great match. Okay, but I don't so, think we're going to... No, right. went too man, far. Man, Jay Hood disappears for two <laughs> seconds. We're, we're two minutes what? and 20 seconds into the show, and you're just suggesting intergender main event wrestling matches. I'd be great with the match. Like, she demands the manager. Out comes Pierce. That'd be a great match. Those two would deliver in that situation. I'm going to tweet at them. Maybe they don't have that idea yet. I'm going to give that out to them. You're welcome, Hunter. But, like, in terms of the main event, like, there's just no build right now. And you talk about leaning towards Charlotte Rhea gut feeling right now i feel like that tag match and they've shown they do not care about tag team wrestling the usos have gotten over because they're in the bloodline the two of them have been great in this storyline i feel like that's an opening match i feel like hunter and the booking doesn't believe that people are going to have the memory to see them main event night one and then night two the bloodline falls i feel like that opens sunday cody ends sunday and you have the three of them in the ring with the belt and no bloodline I don't want to go all hyperbole, even though I think I could, because I don't want to, I don't want to forget something and then let somebody know about it later. But I, cause I, I think I could go with this next comment. I think I could say post Thunderdome era, largest three pops, but I know for sure I can do the largest three pops of 2023 in no particular order. Sammy hitting Roman with a chair. Sammy, really, any two nights in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And and I understand that one gets a little slanted because he's in his home country, sure. in his hometown. And Sammy and KO hug it. Those are the top three pops in WWE of 2023. And I think those are the loudest three pops 
since the since we've come out of the pandemic, like the crowd is so behind Sammy. Like I thought KO got a decent reception to start off Raw on Monday night, and then all of a sudden, Worlds Apart hits. And the crowd just starts going crazy and everybody's yelling, let's go. <laughs> like when, when they're supposed to. And well, Sammy I'll is also still... throw in, I'll throw in a fourth one is Sammy and Jay hugging before he turned. That got an yeah. amazing reaction as well. Yeah. Like Sammy's got everybody eating out of the palm of their hand right now. And we're not going to get, we're, we're not getting the payoff of him being universal champion. Fine. Sure. We've accepted that. I was very concerned. That having Cody Rhodes involved this much in the Sammy storyline would be bad for Cody. People seem to still be cheering for Cody. Right. He had the largest pop. Granted, Sammy wasn't there. He had the largest pop at the house show in Milwaukee I was at this past weekend. People still love Cody. And he got a pretty decent reaction. It wasn't a Sammy reaction on Monday right. night in St. Louis, but it was still a pretty decent reaction. But And, and it's worked out. But Sammy is still incredibly over. He is still so over. He's still telling the more intriguing stories he's, that he's been able to do. But he deserves, Sammy Zane deserves to be in one of these main events. It's, it's that cut and dry for me. Yeah. And I understand. And, and I want to applaud if it ends up being Rhea and Charlotte. I understand what you're trying to do because you, the, that women's division is, is you're trying to build it up. And you're trying to make it deeper than just Charlotte and Becky and Rhonda and and Bailey and three of the four horsemen that are left plus, plus Ronda. Like you're trying to build that up and you want to showcase them. I get it, but don't just put it there just to put it there. Like put the thing that deserves to be there. And to me, without a doubt, that's Sami Zayn and the bloodline. Well, you mentioned that women's match. I agree. It feels like it's going to be Charlotte Rhea. We know how much they value Charlotte. I'd argue the other women's match is more deserving. Neither match really has a great story behind it right now, but Bianca is who they've turned into a star. Bianca is who they have built up for this past year. Why not give her that moment on the media stage again? Yeah, because at the end of the day, like Charlotte Flair is still Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Like, and, and what we always have to remember, because we are tried and true diehard wrestle fan, wrestle, wrestling fans on this podcast, you, me, Jay Hood. Yeah. And I think most people that are going to be listening to a podcast like this, watching a podcast like this, are going to be diehard wrestling fans. Yeah. And WrestleMania is not for us. Right. I guess that's the one thing we always have to remember is that WrestleMania is not for us. It's why we've seen some of the celebrities we've seen, whether that's been Logan Paul, whether that's been Bad Bunny. Last year, it was the Jackass crew. Like, that's why you see these other celebrities and things come in. So it's more relatable to your average wrestling fan. And Charlotte Flair, and, and I would agree, within the confines of WWE, Bianca Belair has become bigger than Charlotte Flair. But Charlotte Flair is still a bigger deal to the average wrestling fan because she's Charlotte Flair. She's right. in a, she's had a hell of a career. She's one of the women's champions. She's main evented before WrestleMania was two nights. Was in the main event of that triple threat with her and Becky and um and and uh, uh and Ronda Rousey. There we go. <laughs> Jeez, I, I was about to say I just said her name. You know, so she was in that WrestleMania main event back uh. in 2019. So like Charlotte's still the the bigger deal of the two. Although I, I think your argument has merit. I, I I think that Bianca and um, Murder Clown Asuka is going to deliver more as a match. Sure. But I also think Murder Clown Asuka might be going over as the heel. Well, but Rhea's probably going over as the heel as well. So I guess, right. <laughs> I, I guess what? Well, that's to, the thing. Like I, I'm in your boat. I have accepted the last few years. WrestleMania is not for me. WrestleMania is not for the real wrestling fan. It's for the casual wrestling fan that's going to say, "Oh, 
this is WrestleMania. This is the Super Bowl. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to go over a buddy's house. I'm going to watch this. And you need to appeal to them. But when it comes to all that, I feel like we sort of got our hopes up. This is the first Hunter Mania. We're still assuming this is still a Hunter-led company and not a Vince-led company. So I feel like we've all sort of bought in that, hey, this is a Hunter Mania. This is going to be different. Doesn't really feel different going into it about a week and a half out right now. No, and maybe that's part of the, you know, Vince is pulling some strings behind the scenes type thing. Those whispers that continuously to be out there that Vince is over Hunter's shoulder. And now he has to book with Vince, you know, still having some sort of presence. But I think Hunter knows, at least for his first WrestleMania, like he can't break away too far from what Vince has built WrestleMania into being. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like we're complaining that WrestleMania isn't for us. Like it, it's, and it's not, right. but we're watching regardless. Of course. They, yes. They've, they've got us hooked. Right. They know they don't have to appeal to us. They have right. to appeal to other people to pull them in. And in order for a WrestleMania to be the overwhelming success that it needs to be, I think for the company in terms of the bottom line, in terms of making this thing big enough that you have it for two nights. I it's it, Yes. WrestleMania is not for me, but it's not a complaint. I 100% understand. You've built this thing into a monster, and I think Hunter has to continue to build it in that way because you have to draw in that casual wrestling fan in order to sell out SoFi Stadium back-to-back nights, in order to get a bunch of people onto Peacock watching this or going over to buddies' houses, and then you can have those social media moments that you can push out, whether it's with Logan Paul or, again, Bad Bunny, who is coming back to WWE with backlash here (laughs) in a little bit as well. But it's just what WrestleMania has become. It's what WrestleMania has to be. I get that. I understand it. That being said, still put Sammy in the main events because damn it, Sammy deserves it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like in terms of mania weekend, all the tentacles that now come off of mania, the hall of fame, the indie shows like that fills my wrestling void. Bully Ray mentioned this a lot on busted open on Sirius of the most important thing is how the fans feel when they go home. Sammy winning, Sammy and KO holding the tag titles, hugging in the middle of the ring, that is a great feeling. When you're getting in the car and you're sitting in L.A. traffic next week, that's a great feeling. The women's matches, how do you feel after those matches? Like, Rhea winning, Charlotte winning, like, you get into the match, it's great, but then it's like, oh, that's it? Like, that's how we're ending? Like, those just feel like such downers, and I don't get why they don't see it, but the tag titles also have no meaning. Like the tag titles are irrelevant in this story. They just happen to be there. Send the fans home happy. Let them get those tag titles in the main event to end night one. Yeah, it's because here's the other thing. I don't know if the crowd's going happy home happy on night two of WrestleMania. Like I yeah. don't know who's going over in that match. I honestly don't. Like it would, I it, if we do a predictions part of GKW, mm-hmm. I my guess would be Cody. Sure. That he would go over and he completes the story and the bloodline starts to fade a little bit. But if they decided to put Roman over because they want Cody to have to, hey, you don't get to come into this company because, oh, by the way, you want to talk about bar- John Cena burying um, Austin Theory? Holy crap, did yes. Roman bury uh, Cody Rhodes. Like, it was a great promo. It was a great yes. promo. So you couldn't get over in your other company. You get here and then you get put over? Like that's, there's intrigue there. There's intrigue in the main event of WrestleMania. I don't know who's going over. So I don't know if the crowd is going home happy if with Cody going over on night two. So give us Sammy and KO going over in night one to to get that crowd going home happy. That's fair. We talk about the story building, like Roman and Cody, 
it's just sort of been cookie cutter. It's been promos, not a lot of interaction. Like, yes, Monday's promo was great. Roman basically bringing up AEW is still weird to hear in the pro wrestling terms. But then Cody going to turn like, oh, don't mention my dad anymore. I'm sick of it. It's like, that's been the whole story. You're not allowed to say that. Like, that's why people are starting <laughs> to get behind you. Like, that felt like a weird turn. The only way I could see that ending it is if there's Sammy involvement. It all comes back to Sammy. If Roman wins and somehow Sammy makes a save and it's Sammy and Roman face-to-face, and then we get teased again that maybe it will be Sammy, like, that's a good feeling to end Mania. That's true. That's 100% true. Um, and, and again, I don't know what direction they go there. So give us that feeling. Although, again, it's a house show, so whatever. You know, schedules <laughs> might be what they are. But it made no sense to me that they decided, and I was talking about this with, with a fellow wrestling fan in the ESP Milwaukee office. They ended the house show with Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins for the U.S. title, <laughs> which... You obviously know Seth Rollins isn't winning. It's a house right. show, right? And then, you know, Austin Theory attacks after the bell and Seth still gets to give him the curb stomp and gets on the mic. And But after one, two, three, so many people were getting up and leaving. Right. And you had Cody earlier in the show. Why didn't you main event with Cody <laughs> beating LA Knight to give everyone walking away? So, again, it's just a house show. But it just makes me wonder about, okay, are they actually going to be thinking about these things down the line or it's just like, oh, we'll just throw it together and everyone's going to be happy. It doesn't matter what we do. Like, I, th- I think they have to put more thought into this and having Sammy. Hell, again, having Sammy both nights, the way they had Stone Cold last night. Yes. I don't think you can overuse Sammy at this point because that those are the types of reactions. I mean, he's not getting, you know, glass shatter sure. type of reactions because nobody ever will. <laughs> but because he's Stone Cold. But those are the type of reactions he's getting. Like, he's getting a big enough pop where if he shows up both nights of WrestleMania, like, you should be doing that. But that's the weird thing right now. Like, it feels like there's just no direction. A lot of this bloodline stuff has been organic when it comes to Sammy. I saw the reports this week on Twitter. I don't remember who had it. Is that most of the guys and girls working next weekend don't know the results of their Mania matches yet. Most of them seem pretty obvious right now. And yes, there might be a swerve here and there. But I wonder if that's it. Like, I wonder if they're just overthinking it of being like, hey, like, it's too obvious Cody winning. It's too obvious Sammy and KO winning. Like, are they trying to just find some other way to go? And is that withholding everything up right now? I mean, have they, I know they've sort of alluded to it, but have they even flat out said that night two is Roman and Cody? I don't think so. I think we just all assume. Well, yes, yes, they have. I believe, they, okay. I believe in a promo, um, Cody Roach has said on, um, on April 2nd. Okay. All right. So like even that, like everything's just so like, Oh, one of these days, Oh, you got to watch one of these days. And it's weird that like the WWE and everything behind them can't handle booking all multiple things at once. Like everything is bloodline centric. And even within that bloodline universe, like where does solo fit in? Like he got a moment on Monday, but does he just not have a match at mania or does like he get a moment also? And I hate the term WrestleMania moment because of the way they overuse it now. But what does Solo do next weekend? Like, he's part of that universe just as much as everyone else. They built him up, and he feels almost like an afterthought. Yeah, it makes me think that Solo... I mean, you could do a thing where Solo ends up being the one who helps out Roman and Roman retains, right? So he becomes more of a right-hand man. I think you can do some of the infighting within the bloodline with Roman still as the champ. Because the second that Roman's not the champ, to me, like, the bloodline is over. So if you wanted to continue the storyline, the Usos can still drop the tag belts to Sammy and KO, but then there can kind of be some infighting, you know, like Jay used to be the right-hand man, 
but now he's let down Roman. Solo helped him retain at Mania. Maybe Solo, and you have some infighting then between the three brothers of the bloodline versus the cousin at the top, and you can probably do some some interesting things storytelling-wise there. But again, that's... And I like that there's intrigue, by the way. I like that I don't know who's winning that main event. Um, but yeah, everything else kind of outside of that main event almost feels a little too obvious about who's going to be going over. Although I guess I wouldn't be shocked if, if Bianca retains over Murder Clown Asuka. Yeah, but I mean, we talk so much about developing challengers. Like, if Asuka's not going to win it, there's no one left to challenge Bianca. Like, she has to lose at some point, or you get into a point where it's like, uh, now what? Like, you know, they've built an AW, they've built J-Dop, she's a TBS champion, she's undefeated, and we're like, oh, there's really no one else to challenge they had, her. Like, it sort of they had to go outside the that. company, right? Like, they had to wait for that free agent right. signing of bringing in Taya Valkyrie in order to have a legitimate challenger, I think, that a lot of people are excited about. All right, still yep. plenty to talk about WrestleMania, and we'll have a full WrestleMania breakdown next week as we get closer and closer to the event at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, but we want to talk about some other things here on GKW. We like to call it the three count, other top three stories happening in the world of professional wrestling. Brian, what do we have at number one? We talk a lot about Mania and the Raw after Mania. There have been some reports that maybe Jay White, uh, New to Japan, would debut that, that night. But both WWE and AEW are pursuing White. A source says it's 50-50 which way the 30-year-old might go. So where do we see Jay White next? Yeah, I think there were some people that were hoping last night on Dynamite it would be Jay White who showed yeah. up to potentially challenge um, Adam Cole because we know Adam Cole is going to have his first match next week after he's been out dealing with concussion issues and a number of other physical issues that he's had. So we're going to be excited to see him back and he's going to get Daniel Garcia instead. I think if they, I, I honestly, I think ultimately it's going to be AEW. I just feel that it, he's, it's going to be a more comfortable place for him. They already have Juice Robinson. It seems like they've been teasing maybe, and, and he still comes into Bullet Club music, by the way, Juice yeah. does. So I think that, <laughs> They could do continue to do some of the Bullet Club stuff they were doing in New Japan, still continue that with the New Japan relationship that's there um, versus him just straight up coming to WWE. And, and the other thing I guess I would work if Jay White showed up, what kind of reaction would he get on the Raw after WrestleMania? So would enough people media, know who Jay White is? On that Raw, yes. Because I think that crowd, there's so many wrestling fans in town. We talk about where, like, yes, Mania is not for us hardcore wrestling fans, but they're still going to consume wrestling. They're still going to be there. Raw the following week, wherever that is, I don't know if he gets that reaction. And that's the weird thing for me right now with him. Like, first of all, I didn't realize he's only 30. Like, he is a star. He dominated New Japan. There is nothing left for him to do over there. In WWE, you worry about, does he get a reaction? In AEW, you have to worry about him getting lost. Like, we talk a lot about that crowded roster. Does Jay White immediately shoot to the top of the card in AEW? And I don't think the answer is yes there. So it is weird for him right now. But from a WWE standpoint, like, I, it's weird. Because, like, without NXT being what NXT is, like, he would do great there. Like, that would be the WWE opportunity to WWEize him, but also give wrestling fans what they want and let him main event takeovers and things like that. But NXT, NXT isn't what it used it, to be. You send him I mean, if if WWE's offers, hey, we're sending you to NXT for six months. Right. Jay White's going to AEW. hundred percent. Like he has to say no to that. Like there's no ecosystem for him to go down there and be a part of that. So it's interesting to see what they do with him because if he's not there Monday after Mania, the WWE might have an uphill climb when it comes to him. And that has to be in the back of his head. 
Yeah, so I think about some of the stars that WWE has signed from that have New Japan experience versus AEW. And obviously, AEW has a lot more. But I think of the first one is Shinsuke, who obviously went through yep. NXT before he came to the main roster. And then the other big one is AJ Styles. And when AJ was a free agent and made his debut at the Royal Rumble, A, the Rumble is an event where I think there's a lot of diehard fans, so they knew. Mm-hmm. But also, like, so much was made of the AJ Styles free agency on, on sure. social media and dirt sheets and things like that. I think I felt like enough people knew. I feel like the J like Jay white has been leaving new Japan. We've known it for such a long time. It's almost faded to the background and now it's waited. So again, and the other thing I guess I worry about in WWE is that raw after WrestleMania crowd is no longer the same as it was sure. pre pandemic because now you're doing two nights. Like everybody's exhausted by the time you hit, like they still go, <laughs> They still know, right. but they are exhausted. The crowd is like, okay, three more hours of this. Let's uh, whew, let's uh, let's see if we can uh, just hey, we'll just we'll get through it. We'll get through it. It's three hours. We'll get through it. But it, it just hasn't been as electric as what it used to be because again, you've yeah. got two nights of WrestleMania. You have so many other shows going on around WrestleMania that weekend. Um, I, I wonder how, how much that crowd is going to be hyped and how much of that crowd is going to be diehard pro wrestling fans who know who Jay White is. And I think the other thing also with the Raw After Mania is it sort of lost some of its uniqueness when the WWE started leaning into it. Yes. You know, the meme where it's like, hey, kids, like, isn't this cool? Like, yeah, Raw After Mania. You don't know what's going to happen. Hello, like, fellow no, wrestling like, fans. Right. Like, that's what sort of makes it uncomfortable there. You mentioned the New Japan comps. Like, I think AJ's a little bit different because he had the U.S. stuff. He had sure. the Impact stuff. And, you know, we knock on Impact a little bit. But there at least with someone well, and fan bases. But that Impact, I mean, we knock on Impact in yes. 2022. Impact Correct. when yes. AJ Styles was there it was a little bit <laughs> right. different than what it is right now. Yeah, that's fair. And you're the Ring of Honor stuff, so there's actually, you know, American stuff there. Nakamura is a good comparison, but mentioning NXT again, he got so over there that when he made that debut – and the entrance music does help. Like there were a group of fans that knew who he was that maybe never saw a minute in New Japan that saw him in NXT. So if you're Jay White, I wonder how much you look at it and say, okay, what is my ceiling in each company? Because AJ, who is a star, isn't the face of the company. Like, yes, he's been the world champion, but that's one of those guys that from a WWE standpoint, wouldn't main event a WrestleMania. No. He gets rewarded and gets his moments like the Taker match, and he got to be a part of that cinematic match. But they're never going to look at him as like, hey, this is the guy we want to have out there. And knocks a step below that. So is the ceiling higher in AEW or is it too crowded there? Like it is an interesting debate for Jay of like, where can I grow more? Because WWE might get your name out there more, but also you might be in the backstage and chasing the non-existent 24-7 title in two months as well. In AEW, he's not going to, I mean, his ceiling initially is going to be the TNT championship. Yeah. Because they're telling a story to their credit. We gave them credit for this last week. Uh-huh. They want to lean more into their guys because they're such a young company. And they want to start leaning into those guys as the world champions. It's why they had the Four Pillars promo last week. It's why they had the, the canned Four Pillars promo this week. It's why Darby Allen was staring at the double or nothing sign <laughs> after his tremendous, by the way, tremendous trios match that kicked off uh-huh. <laughs> um, Dynamite last night. Like Sting, Sting's a legend, man. Like Sting's so yeah. great. Like I'm just gonna call timeout on Jay White real quick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we could talk about Sting and 
his orange, like stealing things from Orange Cassidy right. and rolling to the other side of the ring, rolling back to the other side, and then stealing the kicks. Like doing the kicks is one thing, but then doing the sting, but doing it in the <laughs> muted Orange Cassidy version of it killed me. It was just it was what? it was pro wrestling at its finest. Like of yes. all the things, of all the things that Tony Khan has done in AEW, honestly, I think the best thing that he's done is his treatments and what he allows Sting to do. Like Sting in AEW is by far the best thing that Tony Khan has done. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like all these get off my lawn wrestling fans and all wrestlers that hate the Orange Cassidy gimmick so much. Mother bleeping Sting is doing Orange Cassidy stuff in the ring last night. Like those roles from Sting at nearly sixty years old. Like he's sixty. That was energy. He's sixty four. Okay, past sixty. Yeah, I was giving him some extra years there. Like that speaks so much to how over Orange Cassidy is, how respected he is, and he's earned it a lot the last few months. Now they just let him go. But for Mother bleeping Sting to do the role and do the kicks, like. <laughs> Come on. Like, no one can hate on an Orange Cassidy ever again. And then that. Orange puts the sunglasses on him after the match. Yes. The O and the C <laughs> on his cheeks was, like, the, the entire presentation of the trios match was yes. spectacular last night. Okay, now back to Jay White. But because Jay White is not one of those guys, but I still think there are interesting stories that he can tell as long as they keep him front and center. But, like, Juice Robinson, as much as as good as I think Juice is, and as much as I enjoy Juice and the limited stuff I saw in New Japan, He's already been kind of lost in the shuffle in AEW. Yeah. But maybe, and maybe that's because they're waiting for another Bullet Club member like Jay White to come over and they can do some Bullet Club stuff leading into Forbidden Door. I don't know. But it, it could be very easy for Jay White to get lost in the shuffle um, over yeah. at AEW. But at the same time, like, do you see Jay White? Universal champ or WWE champ? Because that's the other rumor there are eventually going to split the titles after Mania. But no, I don't. Nah. And like that's disappointing. So like I feel like the ceiling maybe is higher in WWE just even from a financial standpoint, but that floor is much lower if you're going the WWE route than AEW. Like, yes, you can get lost in AEW, but you're still gonna get those moments. You're still gonna get those random one-off dynamite matches where you can just go. The floor in WWE is a dangerous one. Like all of a sudden you're working main event, which good luck finding that. Like that could be dangerous for him. Yeah, so if I had to pick, I'm going to say AEW. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm going AEW also. I think it just makes too much sense for him from a risk-reward standpoint. What do we got at number two in the three count? Dax Harwood in an interview with Fightful this week since he talks to his buddy CM Punk every day. And Punk, while reading the new book by Steve Kern, it's making him miss wrestling. We've talked a lot about Punk back to AEW. It can be an either-or here. More likely we see CM Punk in the WWE again or never again in pro wrestling. WWE. Like, if... This is a guy that loves, eat, 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 breathes, and sleeps pro wrestling. Like, he just loves it. Like, the, the dude in his 10-year hiatus, or however long it was, like, threw on a mask and showed up at a gym here in Milwaukee and gave someone a GTS and ran out because it was a promotion that he had wrestled in maybe, like, once as he was coming up and respected the promoter as they were shutting their doors here in Milwaukee. Just, like... Clearly CM Punk showed up in a hoodie of the gym that he works out in here in Milwaukee with a mascot, gave somebody a GTS and left. Like even when he was gone, he loved it. And I think like I I felt that the, they were pretty close. I felt like if Fox put the right kind of pressure when he did whatever that studio show was that was very short lived yeah. because they put it on in very strange times on FS1 and just absolutely buried it. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like they liked CM Punk. 
And when CM Punk was on that show, they would pop a decent enough rating where maybe they thought about keeping it around. Obviously, ultimately didn't. But I think there were, there were rumors at the time that Fox wanted to put pressure on WWE to re-sign CM Punk. And whoever buys it, whoever buys WWE, assuming they're actually going to sell it, if that person puts pressure on Vince or Hunter, whoever is running it after the sale, hey, we want to get a rating. We know this guy draws. Figure it out. It's pro wrestling. You get, you've worked with a bunch of people you guys have hated over the years. <laughs> Figure it out. I, if, if, if AEW doesn't want him, which, by the way, I think is a real possibility of them bringing him back. I still think uh, like it's still 100% a real possibility. Um, and we'll get into that. I've, I've got some of this with the next one that I'm going to combine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but if CM Punk misses wrestling that much and really wants to wrestle, he is a he is one of the top five draws in professional wrestling. Yeah. Or he might he might have he might be top one. He yeah he's up there at this point. I mean, you mentioned his love of wrestling, like that indie show. I felt like took a few years. Like he was burnt out by wrestling oh, when he yes. left WWE. But that was a lifetime ago at this point, especially in pro wrestling years. And obviously, he's going to have concerns about his body and stuff. But he's not going to go the same way in WWE that he would in AEW. Like, yes, he's still going to deliver in the ring. But those matches are not going to be the same. And that probably will treat his body well. He can still show up at a house show, hit a GTS, call it a night. He doesn't have to work the 200 days a year that we see so often. You can never say never. And obviously, Hunter being in charge. I think will work in his favor. I don't know. I feel like he probably looks at Hunter and Vince as one and the same. Yeah. But like maybe it's a little bit different and maybe a Cody or maybe there's someone out there that can sort of sell him on like, hey, it is different over here now. Whether it is, obviously, we don't know. We'll see if any names go over there. But him in WWE, like as a wrestling fan, that would have to be validating for him. And I do feel like there'd have to be promises. And one of them might have to be. Yes, you can main event WrestleMania. And maybe now that they have two nights, they feel a little bit more comfortable with it. But if he gets his assurances and gets to go out on his way in terms of a career of main eventing a WrestleMania, that's going to stick to someone that is such a big wrestling fan like him. Yeah, I mean, he's, again, I go back to the draw. Like, he made, ultimately, you want to make money, whether you're right. <laughs> independently financed like AEW or you're a publicly <laughs> traded company like WWE. You want to make money. Well, guess who can make you some money? Yes. CM Punk. 100%. Like, right. <laughs> he's he's going to make you money. No matter no matter where he goes, he's going to make you money. Hell, if you wanted to go to Impact, like, guess who'd be watching Impact for the first time in a very <laughs> long time if CM Punk went to Impact? This guy. Tune yeah. in each and every week. Because even though I know CM Punk is a pain in the ass, there's just something about him that I've been drawn to. I took a, I took a little bit of hiatus from professional wrestling, um, like I, I would kind of keep an eye on it a little bit in the mid two thousands when I was in college and when the rock came back to host WrestleMania, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm all the way in. Like I'm all in right. on rock. I hope so. I, I, I followed it. And the one, it was a terrible WrestleMania card, by the way, like awful, awful, <laughs> God awful WrestleMania, like so bad, like probably the worst WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> but there was one match that really caught my attention. And it was Randy Orton versus CM Punk. And it was because mm -hmm. of CM Punk. Like, so from that moment in 2000, like, I, I became a CM Punk fan. And there's just something about him that he gets when he's on screen, that he's just such a compelling character, such a compelling storyteller. Yeah, I understand he's a pain in the ass backstage. Right. But as a wrestling fan, I care what's on my screen. You got to be able to figure that out. Like, in every other sport, like, 
I'm dealing with it right now in the state of Wisconsin. Here I go, bringing up Aaron Rodgers on a pro wrestling podcast. But like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is probably a pain in the ass. But at the same time, he provided me so many years of, of joy as a Packers fan, just watching him on Sunday. The, if he wants to return and WWE, but I can see a scenario in which he returns to WWE. Like, yeah, I mean, Punk is one of those guys that connects with the casual fan. He connects with the hardcore fan. He's able to do it all. I mean, we talk about Cody. We just talked about him. Like, there are people that would have said, oh, he's never going back there. And it was a shock when we started hearing that Cody might go back there. And obviously, it's worn off because he's been back there for a year now, plus all the time before that. But, like, that's someone that the way he left, it was like, eh, we're never going to see that again. Punk, yes, he's a pain, but the talent level versus the pain in the ass, like that's a, you know, a balance there. So, all right, how much of a pain is he, but how good is he and how much money he's going to make us? Like if he's just a random mid Carter, yeah, you don't put up with some of his antics, but he is a star. And I think if you can find a way to make it work, and I do think main eventing mania is sort of that assurance of like, all right, fine. It's yours. Then everyone goes home happy in that situation. You mentioned, you mentioned Dax. If, if I had to make a prediction on Jay White, I said AEW. My prediction on yeah. CM Punk, we see him wherever FTR is. Really? Because I don't think we could ever see FTR back over there. Those guys, I feel like, enjoy actual pro wrestling and being in the ring way too much to ever go back over there and work WWE-style matches. Punk, as much as he enjoys wrestling, he can get behind the storytelling and almost can't go the same way. Like, his body was breaking down over in AEW for the past year. Every time he sort of got a moment, something else broke. He might need that WWE-style wrestling. I feel like FTR, they enjoy wrestling too much to go back over there. I So I listened to their podcast, uh, well, Dax's podcast, FTR with Dax Harwood. And he's, I mean, he's, it's, it's fun. It, it can be a long listen. They, they do two plus <laughs> yeah, hours, I is. swear to God, every Wednesday on different topics. But they, <laughs> yesterday they, they released one on Triple H. And what it was like working with Hunter and he's, he seems like to have an interesting relationship with Hunter where they thought that they were one of his guys, mm-hmm. but they really weren't um, in, in the, in, in, and they thought they were at the time. And he said, looking back on it, it's obviously we weren't because when they got to a part where they were unhappy in WWE, Vince was clearly still running things and they were trying to get out of their contracts and then, you know, ended up shaving each other's backs and doing all the, the hokey stuff that eventually pushed them out of WWE. Um, he, you know, he went to Hunter, like he would go to Hunter a lot and, Ultimately, he doesn't think that Hunter fought for them. And he doesn't hold ill will against Triple H for that because like, Triple H can't stand up for everybody in NXT that's right. not happy with the way they're being presented on the main roster. So it seemed like he was very understanding of it. And it seemed like, and, and he didn't reveal. In the podcast, he said the same thing of, hey, we know what we're going to do. We haven't signed anything, so we can't say anything legally. So, you know, whatever. But I, I would not... I think it's honestly a 50-50 proposition where those two end up. Really? But I think wherever I, – I think it's a safe bet. Like, you're going to have a safe haven there of at least those two if, wherever CM Punk goes. And if if AEW actually ever does release him from his contract, I think he ends up – because I think he does enjoy those two, particularly Dax. I think they're very, very tight, and I think that they want to continue to work together. But we talk about, like – you know, we spent so much time to start the show talking about the main event of Mania and tag team wrestling. FTR loves tag team wrestling. If you go to their social media, they're doing a 64-team March Madness-style bracket about tag team wrestling that on that podcast, Dak will fantasy book every matchup there. Yep. 
and he put together the whole bracket he's going through. They love tag team wrestling. The tag team titles just happen to be within the biggest storyline in pro wrestling right now in the bloodline. And we don't know if they can main event WrestleMania. We don't know if they're going to get that moment. If you're FTR, how do you look at that and say, oh, yeah, we'll be the ones to get that moment. We'll be the ones to push it there. You'll be an afterthought over there. Like, they don't value tag team wrestling. Yeah, but tag team wrestling is kind of an afterthought in AEW too, isn't it? Yes and no. I mean, it's weird right now because I feel like the trios are sort of the big yep. titles. And, like, that's sort of what they're pushing. And it's unfortunate House of Black finally gets titles, and now it feels like there's another trio storyline that they're not actually involved in, and they're just sort of forgotten there. But that's its own thing. But, like, tag team wrestling has gotten those moments in AEW. They are consistent with, hey, the world title main event. But the Bucks, the Lucha Bros, the Acclaim, like, tag team wrestling has gotten some stages to shine in AEW. Yes, it's taken a step back. But those are stages we don't see in WWE. Like, when's the last tag team you saw get such a moment like any of those three teams have gotten in AEW? Um, I would probably say when the Hardy Boys came back. Okay, so that was years ago at this point. I mean, here's another example. We talk a lot about the difference between Hunter and Vince. We talked on this show, of, we wonder if Hunter still likes Cody. Like, we wonder when Cody comes back if it's going to be the same. And the answer is yes. What about the Street Profits? We've talked so long about them and how hot they were and how hot Montez Ford is. And now those guys have been fed to theory the last two weeks, and they're throwing away in some random-ass four-way tag match at Mania. Like, that has plummeted. Like, that was a team that was getting over, and it's like, eh, whatever. I was shocked that they fed, fed Tez to him this last Monday. Shocked. Yeah, like, like, feeding, like <laughs> feeding the Marty Jannetty of the group like made sense. Right. It broke my heart. <laughs> right. Like, it broke my heart for Angelo Dawkins that he had to be fed right. to Austin Theory. But it's like, okay. You know, you still look good while doing it. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you don't become the Marty Jannetty here. But right. then they fed Tez to him, too, and that made no sense to me. Unless they're starting to cool off on him as potentially being a single star. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, tag team wrestling, I, I think it still can be featured. Um, I'm curious to see what happens just because I'm still willing to give Triple H the benefit of the doubts when it comes to some of these championships because he's trying to book himself out of all the championships sure. being in the bloodline. So I'm curious to see what happens because he he elevated the United States Championship. Whether you like mm -hmm. theory or not, it's been front and center of Raw. Certainly yeah. elevated the Intercontinental Championship. Gunter and that IC run are among the most important things that they do on SmackDown. So once they actually split and get it, because the bloodline just sucks in all the oxygen. Right. You know, yeah. all the oxygen is just about the bloodline and the titles become secondary. Once they're able to split the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships, especially on Raw where you have three hours to fill, I'm curious if there ends up being some some niche that's that's carved out for tag team wrestling, especially on Raw. Yeah, and I feel like with the Street Profits, like you could have given them the belts at any point. Like they had those great matches with the Usos, but like those two have cooled off so much. And for them to not have a big mania match, like that's a pre-show match that they're in. Like they're in a four-way match with Viking Raiders, Ricochet Braun, and a fourth team that I can't even tell you right now. Like I don't you, even remember who it is. But like, no, you you'll get there. Come on, think about it. They're on the verge of breaking up. Alpha Alpha Academy. Alpha okay, Academy. All right, there we go. Because yeah. he politic Gable politic on <laughs> okay. Monday Night Raw to get him and Otis in there. Otis, excuse me. Like that's a throwaway match. That's a pre-show match. Yeah. Like the Street Profits were so over and they were starting to get there. But like that's my point of like, hey, tag team wrestling fans are into it. It's like there's such a ceiling. I mentioned ceilings again. That's what it is with tag team wrestling in the WWE world. What do we got at number three, Brian? 
The pro wrestling world was buzzing last night. The main event of Dynamite, a dream match, as Tony Khan called it. Kenny Omega beating, beating Vikingo. Vikingo. One day I'll get that name yeah, right. It's tough. A lot of buzz about the promotion of that match. Was it the wrong move to not promote it so much beforehand? I, I just don't know what you would do. And, and if El Hijo del Vikingo ended up being somebody who could only work the one night, who, which, by the way, um, apologies to Ray Phoenix. He's now the second best wrestler in the world because <laughs> El Hijo del Vikingo is the number one wrestler in all of the world. Like, that was an incredible match. Um, He's 25. Yeah, it's insane. He's 25. Insane. I didn't realize that until they, Excalibur mentioned it last night. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, I, I just don't know how much you're promoting it beforehand, right? Like... But I, I, he announced it like Tony Khan announced it ahead of time last week. Like he teased it for Rampage last Friday and decided, ah, screw it. I can't do it. I'm going to announce it on Twitter right now. I can't wait for this. This is a dream match. Tune in next Monday night. I, I don't know. I don't know how much more promotion that match needed because if you were familiar with Vikingo's work, you were excited for it. I had recognized the name. I had never seen him wrestle before. Like I, okay. I had seen enough you know, triple A news that I knew he was the champ and I knew, okay, everybody's excited about him. Let's see what happens here. If this is going to be a dream match, it was supposed to happen before Kenny had all the injuries um, that forced him out to be almost for a year. And then he had to drop the triple A championship. So I, I don't know what else you could have done. Like you, you did the 40 minute explanation, which I thought was good of, Hey, back in 2021, this was going to be a huge match. Injuries happen. And now here we are. I don't know what else you could have done because I don't think AAA was going to lend you El Ijo Del Vikingo for like three weeks in order to tell the story. Seems like it was just kind of a one-off for him to show up. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, yes, storytelling helps make moments. It helps make matches. But a match like that, and I agree, like, I don't think I've ever seen him work a match. Like I've only seen him work gifts on Twitter and seeing guys like Kenny and Will Ospreay respond to them and be like, how the hell did this guy do that? So like if those guys, like the first time I saw Ospreay be like, wait, how is that possible? I was like, wait, like you're impressed by him. Like that is something I was like, all right, obviously this guy's the real deal. If there was a story behind last night, that match isn't any different. Like, no. they're still going to go out there and do what they're going to do. He's going to hit a freaking 630. He's going to hit a spinny hurricanrana. Like, he's going to do stuff that you're like, this is amazing. And maybe a few more weeks gets fans a little bit more excited. Because you mentioned Tony just blurting that on Twitter. It was the first Friday of the NCAA tournament. So maybe people were a little distracted. <laughs> but you still got the organic, like, bitching and moaning on wrestling twitter like oh how's he just throwing this out there that that created its own buzz so like you almost got your own thing that way and that match was going to deliver no matter what yes at times tony just throws things out there and you're like well that could have had a little bit more build that doesn't make sense on a free tv dynamite like i mean i mentioned osprey the first time we saw him on dynamite which is a random throwaway but when the match delivers the match delivers and aew which is geared towards the wrestling fan we got a hell of a wrestling match last night. Yeah, you weren't going to tell a greater story. You knew it was just going to be a, a great match, and I'm fine with that. And, and this is coming from somebody who right. criticizes AEW about their storytelling, which yeah. I'm about to do here. Um, <laughs> but like, it was just going to be a match. Like I knew there was going to be a match. AEW, this is part of what they do. They just book matches, and you knew it was right. going to be a good one. You knew it was going to be a good one, and I, I think they're kind of hoping that it will pop a rating and they'll get closer to a million by having that main event. Uh, and they still tried to include everything else that happened around yeah. the show, included Kenny. So Kenny being in that match, it was included in a larger storyline. I'm afraid that whatever's happening is getting a little too convoluted. Um, 
because now you're combining Blackpool Combat Club and they've got stuff going on with the Dark Order, but Dark Order is connected to the elites through Hangman. And now all three of them are kind of fighting amongst each other. But maybe Don Callis actually attacked the Young Bucks because it seems too obvious that it was Blackpool uh, yeah. Combat Club who put the Young Bucks in the ambulances at the start of the show. I'm willing to see how it plays out. It's starting to get a little convoluted. I'm, I'm worried that Tony's diving in really to the deep end of this stuff. And, yeah. and the, there's a possibility of drowning here. And you end up trying to explain some things away the way you explained away uh, William Regal leaving the company <laughs> with a clearly not taped video. Um, <laughs> so that, I, I guess I have my concerns about the main event angle that happened at the end of Dynamite last night. But that's the thing. You mentioned that number. And the number the last few weeks has sort of been around that 800,000, which from a TV standpoint, yes, it's good, but it's not good enough for Dynamite. And I think starting with last week with the Four Pillar promo, it feels like Tony might just be like, all right, if I'm not going to get that casual fan, I'm not going to get that broad fan, I'm leaning in. Start watching BTE more because that's where some storylines are going to develop. I'm going to throw out this dream match that most people would have never seen in AAA. You would have to find it on the internet somehow. I'm just going to throw it all out there. Congrats, wrestling fans. You win. If I'm not going to get a million, go get it. And maybe that's what's happening now. Because, like, yes, the hangman stuff is good, but you have to remember a lot. Like, luckily they mentioned last night, hey, these guys used to be tag champs. But it's been a while since we've seen hangman and elite stuff. Yeah, I mean, because it went on the back burner for a very, very long time. Yeah. where He was out on his own. Like, yeah, yeah you got to remember a lot. And I, I appreciate long-term storytelling, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and like review it and read a lot about it and try to figure out some of these things. And, and maybe it's good, but there, there has to be a happy medium, man. Like there's got to be a happy medium <laughs> of being able to tell a, a good quality story without me having to remember something that happened two and a half years ago on a random dynamite, you know, like yeah, it's been a while. Like it was pre hangman world title run, which means it was pre his time off or, you know, paternity leave. Like, it's been a while since we've seen this storyline activated and the dark order stuff's been there forever. And like there's a lot going on there. And then the Blackpool combat club is also just somehow involved in it all. Right. <laughs> but they have matching hoodies now. So yeah. That. So they got that. I mean, who knows where yeah. Brian Danielson is or if he's even a part of the group who could, who could say <laughs> uh, at this point, but I, so I no, I was not the wrong move to not promote that more because I don't know what else you could have done to promote it more. Um, but, I mean, Dynamite was a solid Dynamite. I, I was hoping for a little bit more follow-up on um, on the Four Pillar promo, but it's a slow sure. burn. And I am I am going to let that one breathe a little bit more just to let it be a slow burn because you've got it. You have to remember, and, and I've been guilty of this, of let the pacing, you know, mm -hmm. the pacing's got to be a little bit different because you only have the four pay-per-views in AEW5 if you want to include Forbidden Door. But that's, again, more New Japan storyline stuff than it is internal AEW things that are going on. So I'm, I'm allowing that one to breathe a little bit as they kind of try to figure out that as they go towards double or nothing and who gets that title shot against MJF. I am going to be a little more critical of what happened at the end of last night because it's very there's a lot, lot, lot going on. I will say with the pillars, I got a little concerned last night during that pre-tape of them talking about like, oh, well, you guys have to earn it and you have to win matches. And one of them mentioned it. You can't do that with every MJF story. It's like, oh, no, they don't deserve to face me. They have to wrestle for the next month. If they win all their matches, they face me. Like, you can't go down that path again, right? Yeah, no, you can't. 
Um, but he's got a good point. Hey, I've already beaten all these three. Why do they deserve? Sure, yeah. You know, so I think there's something that you can do off of that. And it's it's an easy transition for, again, Jungle Boy to be like, I've won the most matches here ever. Like, right. nobody's won more matches <laughs> than me. And if it gets us more Darby Allen in the ring, you know, just winning, going out there and winning matches, if it, if it becomes a one-upsmanship of these three. So it's a little different in that MJF was going, oh, Brian Daniels, you have to beat this guy and this guy and this sure. guy. If it's just a, oh, Darby just beat this guy, so Jungle Boy's like, oh, now I'm going to go out and beat this guy. If it's a one-upsmanship between the three of them, yeah. I think there could be some interesting things you do there to kind of earn the right to be at the mountaintop. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but it does feel like a lot of the MJF stories are getting a little bit similar. Yeah. Of like, all right, you got to get to me. Again, yes, it's it's a it's a hair that they're slicing, right? Like, it's a pretty yes. fine hair that they're trying to slice in, in that moment, but I, I, I'm willing to give that one a little bit more leeway. Because here's here's the other thing. This is all on television. We know it's all on television. <laughs> what explanation are they going to have? Is is Kenny Omega going to apologize next week to Hangman Page for clearly accusing him of hitting Don Callis? Or has he just not watched the show back? They don't watch the product. I mean, they're right in the middle of it. You know that. It's wrestling logic. Come on now. That was a hell of a flat from Callis. Oh no! Again, him. I'm I'm not criticizing the great Don Callis and his performance there, trying to <laughs> trying to paint whatever it is. There's something going on there, which is why I'm not yeah. sold. It seems too obvious that the Blackpool Combat Club was was the ones, and maybe it was them, but maybe Don Callis was also involved because he was too gung ho about talking about the wrestling god and trying to get him to focus right. on his match with Vikingo in the backstage in the lead up to it. Like Callis is involved in this somehow clearly wants Omega as just a singles wrestler versus being in the elite with the bucks and being associated with hangman page. I will say, and maybe this speaks to some of the sloppiness of AEW when Callis went down my first, I was like, Oh, that was a rough botch. Like hangman barely did anything. Like, why is he on the ground? Like I never, it took me a little to get to like, Oh, that was intentional. I got it now. Like, no, <laughs> Just saying. No, he's, he's just trying to frame him. That's all he's trying to do. He's just trying to frame the guy. Uh, what do we have this week in news and notes? Uh, you mentioned earlier Dax Hardwood tweeted that he and Cash have decided what they're going to do in April. Says, quote, nothing is official yet, so legally can't speak on it. Storyline-wise, last night they challenged a gun for the tag titles. and They said if they lose that match, they will leave AEW. So some uh, breadcrumbs being dropped there or some swerves, but there's something going on. They're the new AEW champs. Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely. Yeah, I, I I would think they're resigning based on based on that and kind of off the conversation we had. Again, wouldn't be shocking to me if they decided to give Hunter another chance and work in WWE. It seems that working in AEW gives them the freedom because the 2022 that they had, well, it wasn't in AEW. It was still for Tony. Like they had yeah. some of the best matches for Tony in Ring of Honor, and Tony gave them the freedom to go be the belt collectors of the tag division and win yes. and win the IWGP and win the AAA and win all these other tag team championships that they had the opportunity for. And I think having that free, they can have the best of both worlds. And while we've yep. discussed on this show that they could go out and, and do a Matt Cardona route and be very successful in the independence and make a bunch of money, they can kind of have the best of both worlds and have the security of an AEW contract. And then they can be even more picky with the independent dates that they work. Yeah, I think that's an easy sort of compromise with them of Tony saying, all right, if I'm not going to use you, yes, 
go work that random gym in the Midwest because you want to. Like, because there's a tag team there because, you know, you want to have Bret Hart walk you out there. Like, there's an easy compromise there. Hopefully, them getting the tag belts leads to some sort of run and we get some AEW run out of them as well because they deserve that. But, yeah, it all sort of makes sense for them to stay in the AEW world. Speaking of free agents, Fightful has reported that Goldberg is officially a free agent as of the end of 2022. Tony Kong, in an interview with The Bet Las Vegas, says, quote, Bill's an exceptionally exciting name and one of the biggest names in the sport. Certainly, it's a big thing for us to pay attention to. <laughs> that's that's what I have to say about that. Like, no. Yeah. If we... Uh, look. <laughs> tip of the cap to Goldberg. Hell of uh-huh. a career. Yes. Um, unlike Sting, he's someone I don't ever need to see in a wrestling ring again. Don't need to I see it. Agree. Don't need to see Bill Goldberg. Like... Hey, you're in the Hall of Fame. If if you show up on a random like celebratory Raw or SmackDown to spear someone, show up at a WrestleMania to spear someone to help someone out, cool. I never see need to see a full Bill Goldberg match ever again. I'm good. I completely agree. I felt that way for a very long time. I mean, most people felt that way during his career. Like the story was over. He wasn't this outstanding wrestler, and he also seemed to be one of those guys we talked about a few weeks ago of him sort of calling a shot when he wants a retirement match. He's not doing Orange Cassidy stuff. Like, he's not doing what Sting did last night. Like, he's going to feel like he's too big for that locker room. And if you're worried about CM Punk, like, Goldberg probably doesn't deserve to be in that group. But, like, you don't need someone like that in your locker room. No, he's not going to put anybody over. Like, what Sting did last night helped put Orange Cassidy over. Not that Orange needed any help with that, but it it did to a certain portion of the AEW fan base, to a certain portion of that diehard fan base that you talk that wants to make fun of Orange Cassidy. Like, it it helped him a little bit. I I don't know how tangible that is, but it helped him a little bit where Goldberg ain't going to be doing anything to put anybody over. But and that's all Sting has done. Like the the beauty of Sting in AEW is it's been a great combination of putting people over, despite the fact he hasn't lost, but working with people, getting those people over, and still being able to make Sting look like the superhero that he is to a lot of professional wrestling fans. Yeah, that's the weird thing is like Sting does the whole like hulking up stuff. Like he does stuff that like we would rip the WWE for, like putting that legend out there and no selling like the butcher stuff last night or no selling chair shots. But he still finds a way to get everyone over, and there still is the you know carrot at the end of the payoff of him getting a singles match, and maybe that's him putting Darby over. Maybe that's part of the pillar thing. Maybe it's like, hey, you got to wrestle Sting. Like, if you really want this, like, go through you know your mentor sort of thing. But like, there still is stuff there. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And maybe that's the retirement match because we keep hearing yeah. about that for Sting, and it's going to be coming soon. Maybe Sting versus Darby's the retirement match, and that's his one loss. Because Sting's an old-school guy, right? Like, right. He, <laughs> he's going to go out on his back. And he's uh-huh. he's an old-school wrestling guy. He's going to go out on his back, despite not having a loss in AEW. Having his lone loss in AEW B to Darby would be potentially one hell of a story. Some upcoming matches. A lot of wrestling coming your way in the next few weeks, but a couple we've heard of this week. Adam Cole makes his return to the ring on Dynamite next week. He will face Daniel Garcia, and NXT standing to deliver next Saturday the in-ring debut of Ava Rain. Some know her as Simone Johnson, the daughter of The Rock. She'll be part of an eight-man mixed tag match, Chase U versus Schism. Uh, super excited to see um, Adam Cole. 
he is a tremendous storyteller. This has been meh. It's been okay, but it's more of an excitement that he's back. Not much yep. of a build for for Daniel Garcia, and hopefully he starts telling some pretty cool wrestling stories going forward. Excited for Ava Rain. Like I might tune into that just to see her. I mean, first ever fourth generation wrestler making her in ring debut, and yes, I'm sure she would love to be able to stand on her own two feet. The much same kind of the similar way we heard Charlotte talk about, like she just wanted to be Charlotte and didn't want to be Charlotte Flair. Um, and now as she's more established, she leans more into the flair and that family name. Um, but the fact of the matter is she's the rock's daughter and that in and of itself is going to draw attention and it's drawing attention for someone like me who doesn't typically watch NXT. Yeah, that's it. It'll be a good moment for her. It's also, you know, we talk about all the wrestling media weekend and afternoon start time. I believe it's, 12 or 1 o'clock Eastern for that show on Peacock. So an easy chance to sort of watch that. I think it ultimately we see a title change at the end. Carmelo Hayes deserves that world title. That'll be the main event against Braun. There's going to be a lot of wrestling the next week and a half, which is uh, pretty awesome. But I'm not going to argue that. That's, WrestleMania <laughs> is not for us. A lot of the other stuff right. that goes on around WrestleMania is for us, the, the diehard wrestling fan. You are welcome for all my money fight app. And a couple other wrestling bleeding into the outside world. A new wrestling uh, documentary on Apple TV, The Monster Factory. A six-episode documentary has been released. The Monster Factory, based in New York, is considered the first publicly available pro wrestling school that's available now on Apple. And also Alexa Bliss being unveiled as part of The Masked Singer. So... I saw Jay Hood tweeted it out from our Twitter account, our uh, GKW underscore wrestling. I saw him tweet it out. So that's how I became aware of it. <laughs> and like, as you know, it, it took a while, like for whatever reason, the head just did not want to come Those off. Things are very costume. Big. Yeah, the costume issues <laughs> wearing, trying to pop it off. And I'm like, man, who is this? And it makes sense. Like now the fact that she's been missing from WWE television for, right. for a while, like, <laughs> a lot of stuff is coming out. Like, uh, first of all, Alexa also had like a skin cancer scare where they had removant. She was tweeting about that yesterday. So glad that she's okay from that perspective, but that explains why she hasn't been on television. And then also filming this incredibly popular television show <laughs> probably got in the way of getting it into a WWE ring. I know who Alexa bliss is. If you're watching the show, listening to the show, you know who Alexa bliss is. Do we really think that Ken Jong and, um, the rest of that panel knows who Alexa Bliss is. <laughs> no, but like, that's what that show is. Like, I don't watch that show, but every time I like see some of the celebrities, they're like, who is that? And like, they all do such a great job. Like, Oh, I can't believe it. And like, I think Ken is actually a wrestling fan. So he probably okay. does, but like, those are D E list celebrities at best. Like Alexa fits in perfectly on that show. And the rest can very easily act their way through. Like, what? Like it's her? Like, look at that purple hair. Like, through <laughs> that. Like, come on. Like Chris Jericho's different because like Fozzie, like maybe yeah. people know him a little bit more. He's been in wrestling for thir famously yeah. 30 years. Uh, was a part of the Monday Night Wars when wrestling was right. at its height of popularity. So maybe people gotta get know who he is. Alexa, <laughs> I, I love Alexa. I just don't know yeah. how much of the audience that watches that show knows. But like you said, that's <laughs> kind of right up that show's alley. But I I'm gonna have to go back. I have no idea if she was like Chris. We know has a singing voice. He's the lead singer right. in an actual band. <laughs> I have no idea if Alexa Bliss can sing. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to see uh listen to some of the songs she did on the show well it's funny also because like the few times i've sort of like caught it like when they make their guesses they're guessing like these home run actors and actresses like oh maybe it's this person maybe it's leonardo dicaprio like you think right. leo <laughs> is like hey hold on steven spielberg can't do this movie i'm going to fox 
<laughs> right. So that's the, those are always the guesses and they come in down here. It's like, oh, no, actually, it's the person who, you know, fell off the boat in Titanic. And you saw him for two minutes in that movie. But, yeah, it could have been Leo because they mentioned a boat. Like, come on. That's what that show is. Yeah. One of these times it is going to be like Tom Hanks and everyone's going to lose their <laughs> shit. Like, you collectively lose it. And, I mean, again, that that's going to happen one of these days. Right. Uh, this seems like a formality. Yep. <laughs> it's Kenny. Anything else like, that caught on. your eye other than Kenny versus El Hijo del Vaquino? No, honestly, the only thing I had was like the six man open dynamite just because of how fun it was. Yeah. Like the Orange Cassidy face paint alone like had me. I was like, all right, good. Like they went that route. He was the only one without face paint. He got the O, he got the C. Like that was enough for me. Yeah. Well, because I think I saw it was on Twitter or. Maybe it was a video. Again, it had to have been on social media somewhere because this this initial match was built out of the first ever house show that they had over the weekend. And then, um, you know, they they recruit Sting to help them out. But I saw Orange tweet or there was a video somewhere going, oh, I guess I have to get face paint. So they like <laughs> hang that off with just an O and a C. That was fantastic. I, I, wanted Mar I wanted Montez Ford versus Austin Theory to be better. And Tez still got in a couple yeah. of spots. I, I had, once I saw that match was happening, I had some high expectations for it that it just didn't really deliver on, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as I wasn't super impressed with a lot of the wrestling matches that happened this week outside of the opener and the finisher on Dynamite last night. I don't know if you had no, anything I agree. else. No, that was really it. I mean, I'm looking forward to the next week. We'll have some options then. Uh, Chris Mueller, Bleach Report, tweets out. Starting Monday with Raw, that'll start 12 straight days of wrestling on TV between WWE, AEW, and Ring of Honor. And that's not counting everything else going on that's off TV. They have to go find also. So Oof. we have hit that time of year. It, it's going to be, I'm like, you're going to be exhausted. We're going to hit yes. April 3rd, and you are just going to be <laughs> just spent and cashed with all the different wrestling that you are going to be watching over, you know, starting again, starting on Monday. Yeah, I've already started to figure out how on Friday night with the Ring of Honor show with SmackDown and some of the indie shows, how I double screen it. I got the projector. I'm trying to figure out where to put that next to the TV. So I'm working on the logistics of that right now. Over under two and a half, the number of um, pay-per-views you buy on fight. Mm, well over. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I thought I thought that was going to be a good number. I really did. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. What's going on? I'm embarrassed by it. Well, it, it is going to be WrestleMania week next week. We're going to have plenty to talk about. We're going to have some special shows happening around Mania as well. So stay tuned to our social media channels as we announce those. Jay Hood will be back next week as we get ready on that road to WrestleMania. We'll catch you next week right here on GKW.